Turn with me to the book of Philippians, chapter number 2. Philippians, chapter 2, verse number 1. I love... I love the book of Philippians. Um, I believe I could stay in the book of Philippians for a while. Uh, we've been in chapter 2, actually the first two verses for, I don't know how many lessons, five lessons so far. Today's lesson is going to be uh, one of, of many, but I'll get to that here in a second. If your Bibles turn, uh, you got you got your Bibles. Turn with me to Philippians chapter number two, verse number one. If you're there, say Amen. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy. That ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but of lowliness of mind. Let each esteem each other, esteem another above, better than himself, themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Praise the Lord. So we're continuing on our series. I'm not going to read the whole text. We're stopping on our focus verse, which would be verse number three um, for this lesson. That nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem another better than themselves. The steps to unity. Let us pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for all your mighty power and your strength, your anointing, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would anoint my lips of clay, that I may speak as the oracles of a God. Anoint, Lord, everything that goes on here tonight. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You all can be seated in Jesus' name. Step number number six is what we're on today. The step of humility or lowliness of mind. Humility and lowliness of mind. Amen. We've covered so many topics in, in this area concerning uh, consolation and comfort of love and fellowship of the Spirit and bowels of mercy and, and joy and, and having compassion and, and having um, you know, love and joy for, for someone else. But today we, we're focusing on something that's a little closer to home, a little bit more of who we are and where we are and not just focusing in on what we do for someone else but rather what is on the inside sometimes you lots of sometimes and and most of the times we focus in on everyone else and do not focus on ourselves so often that happens how many agree i've had that happen in my life over the years but 
In order to have unity, a great step to unity is humility, lowliness of mind. You, you have to have this. In, in, in order to, when you think about humility and lowliness of mind, there is two significant points that you should remember when you are considering and thinking about humility and lowliness of mind. Amen. Strong, the strong and active church will always have two problems to stick. Their ugly heads up. You ever seen a problem that stick their head up, you know? You know? Well, no, they just, you know, the problem just stuck its ugly head up. Ain't that right, Dave? Yeah, I got one popped up in the back. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But you ever feel like something just popped up? Right? Number one, the first ugly head in the church, not mine, not Brother Dave's, but I'm talking about a spirit or attitude, problems in the church. When a church starts to get stronger and a church starts to be active, there's two problems that always arise. Strife. And empty glory. Empty glory. Some people are just going to strive with others. Some people, that's just what they're going to do. And as the church grows, I promise you, any pastor all over the the country in the state of Kentucky, or you could narrow it down to here, we all know that no matter what you do, there's going to be people in the church that are going to strive with other people. If you have two people, two, if you have more than two or three people in a church, I promise you, Brother Dave, there's going to be strife. There's going to be strife. Right. It's going to be okay, Brother Dave. It's going to be okay. You Okay. I'm just checking on you. I'm just checking on you. He's not sleepy today, but he is he's definitely focused. He's listening. Now, when you start thinking about the ones who have strife, those ones that always want to stir up strife, these people are not mature in the Lord. If people are always stirring up strife, causing this, that, and other, and all kinds of things going on in the church, they are not mature in the Lord yet. At least not yet. So when that happens, they are given to what? Talking about differences. Talking about differences. In our platform agreement, you go to the bottom line of our platform leadership agreement. It says, if you disagree with anything in this leadership agreement or in our bylaws, keep your disagreements to yourself. 
and not break unity with our with the leadership uh, with the leadership of our church. It's instructed that if you do if you disagree, keep those disagreements to yourself and come straight to the pastor. Don't break unity. Don't cause strife. So the first thing you do, you hear people starts talking about differences. People starts going around and they're like That singing is a little loud, don't you think? And you know, they go over here and say, I can't I can't hear Brother Markham when he preaches. Mike needs to come up, don't he? And then you go over to the next one. You know, disagreements like, well, I just don't really feel like we should, we don't we have to, to wear those kind of clothes. I don't think we should wear a tie on Wednesday. And you start going around there, you know, people start saying all this. Well, I just don't think you don't you start telling your differences, you start having a difference. What does that do? That stirs up strife. And, and ultimately, what does it do? It breaks unity of the church. When you've got all kinds of people saying all kinds of things, you know, they're just talking, you know. Well, we're just talking. No, it's okay. We're just talking. We're just talking. You know, we're just talking about this. We're talking about that. And we're just running our mouths. You know what's going to destroy churches is when people start talking and running their mouths. Forgive me if I get a little country. People start flapping their jaws, you know. And start, you know, running their mouth. You know. You know, just like old chainsaw. And it gets in the bind. You know, your blades dull. You've been, you've been sawing too much. You're trying to cut stuff down. Cut here, cut there. And you're breaking, you're causing division. What does the Bible says? Say, know them that cause division and mark them. You need to put a, a, get a marker, mark on their head. Well, not literally. Mark them. I, you don't say mark them because, you know, that's my name. But you know, so many people are very immature in their spirit. What do they do? They start talking. They start Talking about their differences and how they may see it different. And they may do that. And they, they go around. Well, I know the pastor preached about this last Sunday, but I don't agree with it. Uh, well, do you agree with it? And they're trying to build up a team, a, a, a crew. And I always said, you know, that they're, they're, they're trying to sign the petitions to go uh, bring it before the pastor and say, We've got 500 people that says you're an idiot. You know? Like I was talking about the, the uh, insubordination where the people would go to your factory and if they could get enough people to agree with them then they, they can try to attack and, and bombard the pastor. That's breaking unity. That's how churches split. You want a church to split down the middle? You start talking. It doesn't take much but just start talking. And the whole church is split. Well, I know the church down the road, they let you do that. If you, if you want to wear that, you could go down the road. If you want to wear a beard on the platform, just go down the road. There you go. They'll let you do it. They'll even let you preach. That's breaking disunity. People say, well, you know, that they'll say, oh, you know, well, they do this, they do that. Well, you know, they're, they're talking. 
They're saying all of these manner of things, causing division, breaking unity in the church. I tell you what, those people that do that are immature. The second thing that they do is they have jealousy. They are full of jealousy. They're jealous of, of everyone else. Full of jealousy. Those people that want to cause strife, they are most of the time they do that because they're jealous. If somebody's trying to, to mess up something, they're jealous. Because they didn't get the part. They didn't get the song. They didn't get the, the position. They didn't do all this. They Those people that are immature in their spirit, they have envy. They envy someone else. So they'll do whatever it takes to get them out. If I could just find enough dirt on Brother Dylan, I'll be opening the service. <laughs> just wait till the pastor tell and finds out what I know. <laughs> it's envy, it's strife, breaking disunity, trying to dig up dirt on somebody. These people are desiring for positions. They are desiring for positions. We're talking about people who cause strife in the church. they desiring for positions. You ever seen people like that? They want a position. They want a position. They want some big title. They want recognition. They, they, find, they want recognition. They want somebody to recognize them. Pat them on the back. They, they start doing that. They start acting that. Then they, then they have opposition. Opposition. Are you writing these down? They're good. I know I got one. I got one person writing down. Opposition. So many times people want to have opposition. They, they oppose. They argue. They fight. They oppose what's going on. Well, we're binding together and we're trying to do this, we're trying to do that, and all of a sudden they start being opposing, opposition, everything. Coming against this, coming against that. You know, let's bind together and really focus in on working on our Sunday school curriculum. And then you have one, one, you know, ugly head pop up and say, I don't like the Sunday school and chair because. Well, because it's just too good, you know, and I just think that we could do better if we write it ourselves or whatever, you know. You know, it's just disunity, opposition. You always feel like somebody's coming against you. The pastor's doing, you know, says, well, all right, let's do this, get together, let's do this, and there's always got one or two that sticks up and, and they try to get a posse together, you know, to come against the pastor or come against what we're doing. Right? Opposition. Those types of people, they love flattery. Flattering. Oh, you know, you just got to flatter them. They, they, they seek for the flattering of the pastor or someone else. They want somebody to just tell them how good they're doing. Did you see that platform over there? <laughs> Looks good, don't it? I vacuumed it last night. 
best it's ever looked, ain't it? And they're wanting somebody to flatter them. Oh, oh, honey, it's the best I've ever seen it. You can just vacuum the whole church. Don't just stop at the, don't just stop at the platform. We'll let you vacuum the parking lot next. You know, <laughs> but they want the flattering. They want somebody to just tell them how good they are. Oh, you look nice today. You look, and I'm saying it's okay to compliment people, but it's but there's another thing when people are seeking to be flattered, right? These people form cliques. They form cliques. Now, one thing will break will break unity in a church, and we all know it is cliques. How many seen cliques in the church? And sometimes if you if you think you're not in a clique, you may be already in a clique and you're just and you just got you're separated from everybody else and you maybe you need to get out of that clique and get with everybody else. If that makes sense, let that sink in. Somebody said, I'm not in the clique. Well, maybe you are in a clique, but it ain't the right you you're separated from the church. Does that make sense? It does to me. We got to be, yeah. yeah. I guess it does. I've seen I've seen people say, you know, two or three people to be like, I just feel left out. I just feel left out. And we, you know, I'm just we just have to do all this by ourselves. Nobody, everybody else is doing their own thing. It's like, well, it sounds like you started your own clique, and you're complaining, saying everybody else started the clique when you're the one starting the clique. And it reverses on them. They say, well, well, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm, separ- maybe I'm isolating myself from the group. And it's a reverse. It's a reverse click. If that makes sense, Brother Dave. It does. Sometimes you people isolate themselves. These people, if they do not have their way or what they want... They strive against the church and other members. Have you ever seen that? If people don't get their way, (laughs) or if things don't go like they want it, they strive. They they will bow down. They, they, They get mad. And sometimes it's over little petty things. It's sometimes the smallest things can cause somebody to stir up with strife. If they don't get their way, if they don't, if things don't, if they, if the pastor don't do it like they say they want to do it, then they will cause disunity. This is the result of disunity. This is disunity. And then when it starts happening, the result is is this, is disunity and diverse. Diverseness. Let me say that word. Divisiveness. Thank you. You've seen my notes. You're looking at it right now. Divisiveness. This is one of the most terrible crimes within the church of God. When people do this, I promise you, a church will be divided. Everybody will be so tension, have so much tension with each other because of strife, disunity. 
Philippians 3, or 2 and verse number 3. And nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but of lowliness of mind. Let each esteem another better than themselves. 2 Timothy 2 and 14. It says, Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about the words to no profit, but to the subordinating, subordinating, subverting of the hearers. So there is a group of people that will strive about the word. They will cause arguments and strife with the word. We don't need none of that. We don't need to argue about the Bible in the church. We don't need to fight. We don't need to stand up. I've, I've seen it mainly in Baptist churches, but I've seen people stand up and rebuke the pastor as he's teaching and preaching. That's striving in the Word. Now, if I'm preaching something and you don't see it eye to eye to me, come to me after service. Don't, don't stand raise your hand and say, I got something to say. That's not right now. The Bible says this, and you start throwing all this up, you know, and we're just have to stand here and argue about it or discuss things in front of everybody. That's causing strife over the word. And that's what things was happening here. You know, that that Paul was telling Timothy, don't do this. That because this doesn't profit nothing. Have you ever talked to somebody who says, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere? You know? If you're not making any profit, what you're doing is not benefiting nothing. Maybe you should move on. Shake the dust off your feet. Let's talk about this at a different time. Going down to verse number 24, 2 Timothy chapter 2. says, And the servants of the Lord must not strive. But be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. Apt to teach. Be gentle. There's nothing that we should be forceful about and angry about. If you can't speak the truth with gentleness and love, then, you know... You know, you're doing going about it the wrong way. You have to be able to teach. You're able to have to be patient, help those people to learn. James 3 and 14 says, But if ye have bitter envy, envying and strive in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. If you have these in your hearts, don't glory in that. No matter what you're doing, if you have bitterness and envy and strife and all of that in your heart, don't lie to yourself. Don't don't deceive yourself. You need to get your heart right. You need to get these out of your heart, right?
Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 30 says, Strive not with a man without a cause. If you have if they if he have done thee no harm. If he ain't done you no harm, my friend at work always says, his name is Eric Patrick, he always says, if you don't start nothing, it won't be nothing. Well, buddy, I'm getting ready to start something right now. He said, all right, well, there'll be something then. If somebody don't, don't start something with you, don't go over and nag them on. Don't strive with him if you ain't got a cause. If he comes at you and he's throwing all these false teachings to you and he's in your face, throw some scriptures at him. Tell him, tell him the truth. But don't go pick a fight with somebody. Oh, I heard you. Uh, I heard you. You believe in the Trinity. All right. Let me talk about. It. Let's talk about it right now. You ready? Let me tell you something. You know. What's your intentions? You know, it'd be like seeing somebody that's um, homosexual, and you just walk over. They ain't doing you no harm. They ain't bothering you. They ain't confronting you. But you see them over there. And you're like, just wait till I tell them. <laughs> just wait till I tell them. You know? And you're like, you're going to hell. No, no. Don't strive with those people without a cause. Same way with the church. If somebody comes in to church and they are homosexual or lesbian, don't strive with that person. Yeah, they don't agree with that. They don't, they, they're not. Right with the Lord. But don't cause strife with that person when they've not done anything to you. They're on their way in. The Lord's pulling at their heart and convicting them. If you come over there and you start attacking them, they'll never be right. It's just like the, huh? Probably never come back. You done lost your chance. It's just like the, 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 you know, all the ones that, that hold the banners and say, you're going to hell, every, you know, going to hell, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, what good is that going to do? You're just causing all this strife and making the church look like we're a bunch of idiots. He's like, well, you know, come to our church, come to our church, you're going to hell. You know, are they really going to come to your church? Are they really going to get right? Are they really? Do they? Do you really think you're going to baptize that person? Do you think that you're going to teach them a Bible study? Do you think they'll ever get the Holy Ghost? No. There's no way. I promise you, it ain't going to happen. If anything, they'll look at you like, man, I ain't never going to their church. Because, man, if they do this on the street, imagine if they got me in the closed doors at the church. They hover around me, bodies lie me down, press me against the floor, and say, "You ain't getting out of here gay tonight." I mean, you—that I promise you. Anybody say, you know, you're going to leave delivered one way or another? I promise you, that's going to cause disunity in the church. I promise you. Proverbs 20 and verse 3 said, It is an honor for a man 
to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. Meddling. It ain't none of your business. Well, I just know that they've been drinking. I've seen them out there and they've been drinking. Well, pray for them. i got to tell them that they've been to the bar last night. I know, they're sinners. And sinners go to the bar. You know, somebody, some people just need to get a, just wake up and smell the roses and get a clue. If you're a sinner, you're going to sin. If somebody's a sinner, don't be surprised when they sin. I promise you. It's just what they do. You know, if somebody hasn't been born again and they're sinning, don't be shocked when, they, when, when you know, you see them in the paper, got pulled over for DUI. Well, I just can't believe they've done it. I believe they've done it. I mean, like, what? Somebody backslide and leave the church? and was like, wow. I just can't believe they were that. They done that. They went there. They smoked that. They drank that. Well, yeah, I do. I believe it. I mean, that's what backsliders do. If you're going to backslide, I tell you what, just go ahead and do it, you know. I mean, well, that's what people do. Don't be surprised. Right? So the, the fool starts meddling, right? Don't start meddling in all that. You're not causing nothing but strife. You start getting in their mess. just like a meddling mother-in-law. Oh, Lord Jesus. Help me. I got to hold on here. Oh, Jesus. Somebody... Help me, brother. Quote a scripture. I'm just kidding. Sometimes don't be meddling in things where you don't need to be. If you know somebody's struggling and you know somebody's struggling with something, sometimes the best thing you could do is stay out of it. Well, I just want to help them, Pastor. Well, you ain't the pastor. Stay out of it. No, it's hard for people to stop meddling in other people's business. Oh, Brother Dave. He looked like he's having some trouble. You know, he's been sleeping through your messages. And, and, and you know, and, and uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, then, and then they come over, Brother Dave is like, Oh, Brother, you know that ain't right now. You better straighten up. So people start meddling in. And other people. You know what that does? That causes disunity in the church. It does. And then everybody starts. So much tension. Because sometimes the best thing you can do to help somebody that's struggling is to pray. And when you do talk to them, say, I'm here if you need me. I'm praying for you. Don't start meddling. Don't start stirring up strife. Don't start trying to dig in deeper. And that happens so often. Right? Meddling. Mm. Proverbs 25 verse 8. It says, Go not forth hastily to strife, lest thou know not what to do 
in the end thereof. When thou, when thy neighbor hath put thee to shame. Now, this happens more often than not, right? People gets in a hurry. They don't think things through, right? Have you ever got, you know, got somewhere and you're like, man, I, I, I really should have thought this through before I got in here. If you just hasty into strife and you're like, you're just jumping in and, you know, you realize that they're a little bit tougher than you and their, their right-hand hook is a lot tougher than your left-hand jab, you know, you know, you're just got, that's all you got and they come around, you know, and wipe you down spiritually, conversation. Don't, verse 25, verse 8, uh, Proverbs 25, it says, Go not forth hastily to strife, lest thou not know what to do at the end. Have you ever got somewhere and you didn't know, and you, got, you, you didn't really know how to end it? Some, it's just like stirring up a bee's nest, you know, bee's hive, you know. You're like, I'll get rid of them things, I know what to do, and you just go over and you just knock it down. And you realize, no, now what do I do? Run! Ah! You're like, I didn't, I did not think this through. I didn't know what to do when I got to the end. And that's the way it is in people's life. You get in there and you realize this was a bigger beehive than I thought. And I'm getting stung. Ow! So guess what? You're talking to someone. You're thinking you're going to help them. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Just hold it. Don't get mad. I'm helping you. Don't get mad. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, oh. And finally you realize that you're getting attacked and you didn't think this through. Beehive. Strife. Sharding. Your neighbor starts putting you to shame. Right? Putting you to shame. And you leave. Beat up. Because of strife. There's some people that seek glory within the church. But note that the scripture calls this vain glory. Which simply means... Empty glory. Some people just want attention. The recognition. The position. The flattering. The praise. The honor. That's all they want. Vain glory. They want to seek. They want other people to seek their advice. Their counsel and their opinions. They want everybody to come to them. Like, they want to be the, you know, the main, you know, call me, you know, you know. If you're ever in trouble, call me. If you ever need me, you know, all, you know And they're talking. You know what that does? It causes disunity in the church. When you got people that they're, they're start they're starting to mingle in the church, and they're starting to, they're wanting all the praise and they want all the flattering and. And, and all this stuff, people's calling all these other people. And they're not calling the pastor. They're calling advice from other people in the church. And the, the, and the pastor is never called. 
What does that do? That causes disunity, confusion. They want to, to be on all the major committees in the church. They want to have the acknowledgement as a leader in the church. They want to have the badge. Dave Markham, head usher. Hey, hello, I'm Brother Dave. I'm the head usher. Just tell me where you want to park. I got you. Sit right up here. Tie, uh, tie the offerings up there back in the back. Uh, envelopes, you need one, I can get it to you. And just everybody calls me the head usher. Just ask, if anybody asks, don't, don't even say brother. I just say I'm the head, you know, or whatever. You know, they, you want the title, you want the position, you want to be the, known as a leader in the church. And I believe that there is a, a need for recognition, and I believe there is a need for positions in the church. There's needs for to for to have that acknowledgement, but some people that's all they seek. Give me the title. Give me the name. I'm almost done. I, I I started late. I will let you know I started late. I'm, I'm almost done. I got a few more scriptures, and then I will come to an end. That like Brother Thomas always said, it ain't like you're going to leave. You know, some people may leave. Okay. Matthew 23 and verse 12. It says, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. So if you want to, to, to be a base or be down, be low, exalt yourself. You can't exalt yourself in the kingdom. You can't just promote yourself in the kingdom. But if you humble yourself down, He's going to lift you up, right? Humble yourself down before the mighty hand of God, and He shall lift you up. Luke chapter 2, verse number 24 says, And there was also a strife among you, which of them should be accounted the greatest. So in this particular scripture and context, there was some strife going on of which one was the greatest. Which one of us is the greatest preacher? Me. Or, or just say, just you know, I'll, I'll not me included, just say a strife in the middle. It's like, you know, which one's the greatest? Brother Dave, Brother Dylan, or Brother Sturgill? Which one of us is the greatest preacher we got here? Brother Sturgill says, it's bound to be me. I said, man, I'll tell you what, I lay it down, I preach it. Far starts coming, I just lay them, oh, I just preach it, you know. You know, and then, and then, and then Brother, Brother Dylan would be like, no, 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 it's me. I'm the first person that everybody sees at every service. Everybody knows it's me. And I'll tell them what thus saith the Lord. And I speak in my heart and God moves. And I set the atmosphere for the whole service. I know it's me. 
And then there's another brother David says, no, nah, it's not. No, it ain't. It's me. I'm the greatest. So this was what was happening between the disciples. They were all wondering who was the greatest among them. So they started strife. Disunity. By people that wanted to exalt themselves. People wanted to find out, you know, think that they was the one that was the greatest. They was the one that was big. Right? But that shouldn't be in the church. Right? Is there a, do you agree with that? John 5 and 44. It says, How can you believe which receive honor one to one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? How can you believe that you could receive honor from someone else and you seek honor from someone else but you don't seek the honor that comes from God? But if I could just get pastured like if I could just get you know if, 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 if everybody in my church would think that's it I, I'd be alright you know, but you're seeking the honor of man you should seek the honor that comes from God. And that happens in your private devotion. And I promise you, if you get your private life lined out, your ministry will flourish. God will move. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 18 and 19 says, A man void of understanding striketh hands. And becometh surety uh, in the presence of his friends. He loveth transgression that loveth strife. And he that exalteth his gate seeketh destruction. So there's the man void of understanding. He's just striketh his hands he becomes very very short very ready very hurried to get things done he he loves strife he exalts his own self and that comes from destruction one scripture it's not my notes it says says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Isaiah, two more scriptures, and then I'll be done. Are you proud of me? No, you're not. Are you proud of me? I only went 20 minutes over. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 13. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. Hmm. Anybody know who this is talking about? Dave spoke about this uh, just a few moments ago. I will ascend to the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mountain of the congregation in the side, sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights 
the clouds. I will be like the most high. So that so what was the thing that got Lucifer thrown out of heaven? Exalting himself. Having vain glory, empty glory. He exalted himself up. He said, I will be like the most high. Imagine that. How many holier than thou's have you come in contact with? You know, the holier than thou would be like, you feel like you're holier than God, like you're good, you're better than anybody. There's no flaws in me. You know, I'm, you know, I'm perfect in every way. It's so hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way, right? As the old hee-haw song says. So pride is what got you down. What assure you. How would you think that having vainglory and seeking out man's approval or man's pleasure and, and the exalting from man will get you anywhere? Obadiah chapter one, is there only one chapter? Verse number four. We all stand. Obadiah 4. It says, Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and thou hast set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, down saith the Lord. Though you exalt yourself like an eagle, put your nest up next to the stars, you're about to get your bubble busted. Has anybody ever got their bubble busted? You're thinking you're all, you're all, oh man, I'm doing good, doing good. And then the next time you're like, man, don't ever think you're, a man who thinks himself to stand, take heed lest he falls. Number two thing I'm going to talk to you about tonight while you're standing is the spirit that must prevail against or prevail in a strong church is the spirit of humility and lowliness of mind. In fact, in fact, the only way the church can remain strong and to be blessed by God is for His people to walk in the spirit of humility. The only way we can is by being humble. Let nothing be done. Philippians 2 and 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem another better than themselves we will be continuing with part two of humility next week I'm excited about this one part two humility part two step number six um, so there's so much that we're going to dig into in learning how we can allow this spirit of humility to unify our church. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many is excited about that? Amen. Praise the Lord. 
Let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for all your many blessings. And I'm thanking you, God, for how you are moving in our church and, and how you are binding us together with cords that cannot be broken. I pray today, God, that you would allow us to walk in humility and have the courage that it takes to be humble, to stand forth and be everything we need to be. Lowliness of mind. Have this uh, mind of one accord together to do nothing with vainglory or strive, but stay humble in your sight. Lord, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Clap your hands into the Lord.